Welcome, Welcome to, to Identical, Identical Cousins, Cousins number 10, 10, Indie Life. Hey, Brent. Michael, cousin, how's it going? It is going well, cousin, and um, kind of interesting that only you said Indie Life. What's up with that? We'll talk about it later. Ah, teasing already. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll talk about it later. I think uh, it'll be interesting to hear what that was all about. But how was your week, your past week or so? Let's see. I've done a lot of traveling lately. Uh, I've been in Denver and uh, to see my coworkers, and I was in San Francisco for the Renaissance Conference. Ah, how'd that and go? It, it went really, really well. I, I enjoyed the conference a ton, uh, made some new friends, learned new stuff which is pretty much my measure of a conference, right? Absolutely. Uh, also saw some old friends. You know, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool. I, I think the, the session I was on was probably the weakest of all the sessions at Renaissance, um, which is kind of interesting um, because the, the topic was enterprise software. And that is a really, really hard topic to make interesting to oh, yeah. a room of iOS developers. Um, you know, we did our best, but eh. anyway, we all survived. It was an awesome conference though. So, uh, hats off to, uh, Tim Burks and Bill Dudney for putting it on. And I sure hope they do it again next year. Sounds good. And, uh, I actually had, I was at NAM, believe it or not, the music show in Anaheim, California. Oh yeah. How'd that go? It was awesome. I've been many times before and it's one of these shows that's near and dear to my heart. Cause as you know, I love the musics mm-hmm. and, um, basically it's the music trade show. So the way CES is the electronic show. And I guess I'd also say it's different cause CES is like kind of an annoying show, right? All these right. electronic gadgets that are out there are kind of like, it's, it's all gimmicks, right? They, they tried the 3d TV gimmick. Well, I don't mm-hmm. even know what the theme gimmick was this year. There was a theme, but I, I don't even care. Cause like I just tune it out. CES, I just tune out now. It's like, Right. Just companies with too much money trying to like measure things, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So NAM though, is just amazing. It's like all the music companies, you know, every instrument, every faction of music is there represented. And the people are, I mean, it's definitely a crazy show to go to because obviously the, the people attending the show are some freaky deaky people. Mm-hmm. Musicians. Uh, I Bohe- can imagine. Yeah. Bohemians. Like fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's uh, a bla- yes. and it's a blast because these people are all cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, a funny story where uh, was going to the bathroom and there's a line in the men's room, and I mean a long line, and we're all joking around like, "Is this the ladies' room?" <laughs> and what was funny was is there were two guys in front of me with really long hair, and when I said, I think I actually said, "Is this the ladies' room?" They turned around, and they looked offended because of the long hair. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not talking about your hair. I'm talking about the line. And then they started cracking up. But it was so funny how they went from like being mad at me, thinking I was being prejudiced. <laughs> Mm-hmm. To like, oh, no, he's cool. And then, you know, they're rapping with me the whole time. It was just, it was really funny. Like, it's a great time. It's like being at a, a concert. It's funny that in the year 2013, anyone would think that anybody b- would be prejudiced against men with long hair. I yeah. mean, hasn't that been over since like 1970? I would hope so. I mean, the you crazy know, because part is even how like, quickly they reacted to me too. Like when I said, yeah. what is this, the ladies room? Like they both like got pretty pissed and they were like, they like looked at me like, like pulling their hair. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm talking about the line, not your hair. So I knew exactly why they got like their panties in a bunch. But anyway, whatever. It was uh-huh. funny. It's weird because these days I associate long hair on men with, you know, conservative rednecks from the South. <laughs> like a mullet. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's it it a blast. And Nam is yeah. just one of those shows where it's fun. It's like, it's like the, the concert of trade shows. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'd love to go. Trade show concert. Yeah, well, yeah, let's, maybe like, we can go like next fun. year and do uh, Identical Cousins live from NAM. Live from NAM. Yeah, sounds Why cool. not, right? Yeah, Something totally. to aspire to. Actually, Absolutely. you'll probably be able to do it, too. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yep. I'm sure yeah. your schedule will allow it. It. Yeah, yeah. It, it's quite possible that my schedule may allow that. Well, that's yes, very yes, cool indeed. to hear. So what else? Let's see what else is going on. Um, any other interesting things uh, happening? You know, you? Uh, the other night I went to see Rite of Spring. Oh, yeah? Uh, as performed by Montreal uh, dance company uh, Marie Chouinard, something like that. Chouinard? Chouinard, I don't know. My (laughs) pronunciation is not great. I don't think Uh, I've ever heard the French word Chouinard in my life. So, I mean, I don't know. That's the last name. 
Yeah, it's it's a real last name. Anyway. If you're listening and you know, fr- oh, it's a last name. But anyway, if you're listening, yeah. chime in on the glass board. We love the feedback. So this is and, an opportunity uh, to correct us. The University of Washington uh, Symphony played, and it was just awesome. It was it was like seeing. It's a hundred year anniversary of Rite of Spring, but it was like seeing the original heavy metal concert. Oh yeah, I mean that music is just is just amazing, and hearing it played live and loud and and with the dancing, it was it was absolutely phenomenal. Totally loved it. That's great. That's really great. And that was uh, just that was on the weekend. That yeah. was over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Excellent. And uh, of course, this upcoming week we are recording on January twenty ninth. This upcoming week, well, tomorrow, actually, and then on to Sunday, is Macworld. Oh, yeah. I will not call You going? It. I will not call, I'm, I'm going. Are you going? I'll be there on Friday. All right. So we'll get to hook up. Mm-hmm. Hang out. Awesome. Have some good conversation. Mm-hmm. Beverages. Yep. Okay. It's a deal. Yep. It's a date. It is. Um, yeah, so Macworld's coming up. I'm excited about that. Uh, always good to get together. Macworld to me is one of those things that it's like, it's more obviously, it's almost like WWDC about the people getting together, the gathering, the, the coming together of all these people in one place. Yeah. And it's a lot like these days, it's a lot like WWDC in the old days. A smaller number of developers are around, but it's very close to being the exact people that you want to see. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Well, and, you know, developers obviously have booths there. We opted out this year and did not do a booth. But um, developers that I know will be there presenting. So, again, it's like a WWDC. You get to hang mm-hmm. out with your people. Yep. So I'm, You I'm, know, I've, I've never done a booth at Macworld all these years. Maybe you will. You know, maybe I never will. I, I just don't think it's worth it. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, just because the personal cost to me is so high. So the whole thing about trade show booths, because I've been asked this before, and I've done them before at past companies, and I've done them. We did it last year with Flexibits. Mm-hmm. Um, trade show booths actually are very efficient, and they're actually very um, they're beneficial. Here's why. I'll, I'll give the short version. I mean, we could do a whole show on this. Maybe we will. But um, you're there reaching customers that either you don't normally reach or you're getting feedback from people in real time that help you sharpen, hone your, your product, Right. Mm-hmm. So the reason to go is not necessarily to sell apps. And you do sell apps because if you do a promotion like, you know, 30% off Macworld special and you hand out a sticker and then on the sticker you give a promo code, right? You'll get sales. And those sales will hopefully pay for some of the costs that are there for the booth and the flight and all that stuff, right? Sure, yeah. But the real, 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 real return on objective, and that's really where it's important. Too many people focus on return on investment. You got to focus on return on objective is that you're there in a zone with your customers, completely focused, and for three days, you're just in like sponge mode. And the Mm -hmm. amount of Mm -hmm. feedback you get, and believe me, a lot of it is shit, okay? A ton of it is shit. But the amount of feedback you get gives you really good things that then when you get back to work, and sure, you've missed three to four days, but who cares? It's just three to four days out of a year, right? Mm -hmm. You come back really invigorated and inspired because you've talk to the people like people came up to us we had launched the mac version only of course because it was you know a while ago but just oh we love your app we love your app but i mean there's a lot of butts in there which is fine because people always want more but it actually inspires you to say wow i got to get back to work because look at all these people it lets you connect the faces to the to the serial numbers if you will and mm-hmm. i'm just saying it's really beneficial and every mm-hmm. time i've ever done a trade show whether it be with another company with flexibits and granted we've only done one with flexibits but it doesn't matter the same effect happened at the end, and that was inspiration, motivation, and really good feedback. And that's priceless to me. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So think about it. Maybe I'll inspire you to do one one year. No, I won't. <laughs> you because center. The, <laughs> and I agree with you. I, I believe that what you say is true. Okay, Nevertheless, good. my my it's not habit, for you. It's my not ha- for you. Yeah, yeah. My habit right, is to right, stay right. up late. You know, and so I'm not getting up early. All right, so you can maybe you can pay it. someone to man a booth for you. No, because then it doesn't right, matter. Right, then I don't, don't get, get the benefit. benefit. Yeah, exactly. right, right. All right, well, whatever. But anyway, think about it at least, all right? I, even if you don't I'm do it. I'm not going to. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> the Simmonses are quite stubborn, aren't we? Yes. All right, well, that's my attribute as well, so that's why I keep trying to get you to do it. But fair mm. enough, I will, I, will, I will try again another day. Okay. All right, and you'll say no again another day. Yes. Okay. See what else? Um, well, I guess that's really about it. Uh, MacWorld, uh, Nam, Renaissance, and um, that's really about it for now. Um, I guess we will get on to something exciting that you have to announce. 
Yeah, let's not. Let's first take our question from the glass board. Wow. Way to uh, completely keep the listeners gripped. Go ahead. All right. So we had a, we had uh, a couple questions. One from Mikey Reppy, and I just don't think that we have an answer for this. He's asking, it's a technical question, if iOS developers, if there's a way to uh, mitigate crashes from web views okay. in your app. And I think the answer is, well, no. I, I just have no idea. Uh, obviously, if you're generating the web view, you have control over you know, how much goes into it. So you can try and keep that, that low, right? So avoid JavaScript and, or too many images or, or whatever. Right. Uh, but if it's, you know, browsing to random web pages, I, I don't see any way to uh, prevent a web view from crashing or using too much memory or anything. Yeah, there's just not much of an answer there. So basically the short answer is it's unavoidable. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, which sucks. But You know, it's interesting. The more, um, more I've been doing the Flexibits thing and, you know, working closely with Kent on things, I used to program back in the day, like back in the Commodore 64 Amiga days, is I was a programmer. I wrote apps. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I wrote a Mac OS X app in the early days of OS X, the Pixel Check app you know about. Um, or maybe you don't know about it. I don't think so, no. Yeah, I actually wrote a uh, OS X app called Pixel Check. Are we going to okay. have a link to this in the show notes? I, I think I, if you go to Mac Update and just search on Pixel Check, uh-huh. it was an LCD Pixel Checker. And, you know, okay. in the day when OS X came out, there weren't any of these. And I was like, I want this app. I'm going to learn how to write it. And um, mm-hmm. at that time, I was planning to get back into code. And I had gone to Big Nerd Ranch. And um, a couple friends helped me. Because obviously, I was starting out. So I needed some help. And I, I think at that time, yep. it was in the days where no one really knew anything anyway. So everyone kind of helped everyone. Because, you know. Oh, sure. Coco was new, right? Oh, people still do help each other a ton. That's true. And actually, yep. it's a good thing to help each other. Yeah, it is. So I wrote this app, and you know, I, I, have, I definitely have a passion for programming. I just am the type where I like to do the design, the business, the marketing, and the development. I, I like the app creation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the, the point here is, is that I, I, I'm trying to get more and more closer to the code so I have even more of a grasp of it as I develop more apps. And... Um, there are a lot of things that you just have to sometimes say, sorry, the answer is no, you know, sorry, the answer is you can't do what you want to do. And, yeah. you know, you just gave this reader listener the answer. No, but as much as it sounds stubborn or inflexible, the answer is no. Sometimes the answer really is no. You just cannot do that. Yeah. Sad as it is. No one, no one ever likes to say no or hear no, but sometimes it's just No. And what's most frustrating to me is, and if you think about software, right, software should always be yes, because it's what you want to make, right? You just make code, or you just fix it, or you just put in mm-hmm. things that make a thing not crash, whatever it is, right? But right. you're also confined by the guidelines of the OS, right? If we want to put an icon, if we want to put our date on the icon for Fantastical for iPhone, we just can't because the OS doesn't allow it. Right. We can do it if the phone's jailbroken or whatever, right? But if you want to play in the sandbox of iOS, you just cannot do that. It is literally 100% impossible to put the date on the icon. Mm-hmm. And there's an example of, no, it can't be done. I mean, it can yeah. be done in code, but it can't be done in execution. Right. So what you do is you make a feature request to Apple or file a bug with Apple or whatever. you know. And hopefully in the future, what you want is doable. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. It, it boils down to at least trying. Yes. Right? I mean, you have to try. And, you know, I'm a firm believer. I've always said there is no, you you know, there's no try there or do or do not. There only, uh, there's no trying, right? There's only do or do not, right? Mm-hmm. No, I just botched that. But anyway, like, it is, <laughs> it's one of those things to me where, like. Try to quote Yoda. Exactly. Well, yeah, well, I did not. I did not. <laughs> but it's one of those things to me where it's like, if you're if you're appealing to Apple, well, you're not doing it. I mean, I guess you could say you're doing the effort, but. It always feels like when you have to appeal to Apple to get something, it's not going to work out. And that's not to say Apple's bad. It's just, it, look, they have the reason why they update their icon is because they want to have the date on their icon. But allowing other app developers to update app icons is going to turn into a pretty bad thing. And even I can see that. Yeah, right. So, well, it's just in, in the springboard, the, right? Updating the springboard is a bad thing. Sure, sure. But uh, to go back to this question about crashing web views. Uh, yeah. specifically due to memory use, you could imagine APIs that that mitigated that. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and Apple could come up with, with something that, that would help that. Just some kind of background process watchdog that's like, oh, look, this bad thing about to happen, right? And then mm-hmm. do something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or, or some, you know, some delegate method that allows you to, you know, do something smart when, yeah, when exactly when something bad's about to happen. Yeah, when resources are about it, to go it's over. It's checking and then it returns a, a value and says, hey, mm-hmm. this is low on memory. You better do something else. And then right, sure. app hopefully does that. So in that case, you know, I would I would file a, a feature request with Apple. Okay, yeah, there you go. So there's mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. Yeah. But the answer is still no. <laughs> the answer is yeah. Well, at least at the moment, yeah. Yeah. It is no, sadly. Yeah. And sometimes as developers, this also might be a good example for the person his name's Mikey who asked the question. Sometimes as developers, it's frustrating and our hands are tied and you just have to make the best with what you have. So maybe that's another lesson here is, you know, the answer is no, but on the other hand, you gotta, you just gotta deal with the cards you're dealt. Mm-hmm. All right. What else? Uh, did we, well, miss- there was another, another question from Saul Mora. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, less technical, more about, uh, more about marketing and I feel stuff. like I'm, as I read his question, I feel like there should be music cued to that. Like over the last couple of years, I've had several, you know, like, like there should be some kind of like, uh-huh. solemn music playing. So to, to paraphrase, he's, he has an app idea he wants to build. He wants it for himself. There are other apps like it, um, some open source, some not, apparently, um, that are pretty good. So his question is, should you go for it anyway? None of these apps that exist solve the problem exactly the way he thinks the problem should be solved. So he has you know, a unique angle on it. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, there is a fair amount of competition. This is like one of the biggest questions I always get after I do my talks on, you know, app success or whatever. Mm. And I don't know if you want to go first or I'll go first, but I have a pretty clear answer on this one. Uh, my answer clearly is yes, go for it. Yep. My answer is for sure yes, go for it. But mm-hmm. there's always a but. Mm. You have to really make sure that what you're doing, because his, his whole point is, is that there's alternatives out there, but they're not what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. If he's truly sure that his product does something that nothing else does, then not only go for it, but if you don't go for it, I'll be angry at you because yeah, that's like really how Fantastical off. came to be. How many calendar apps are out there, Brent? Uh, 17. Yeah, at least. And I, I mean 17,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, now we're talking. But right? <laughs> and, and so someone would say, well, that's crazy, right? It's basically Saul's question. Like, well, yeah. How much does, doing, how, how much does the execution matter? Well, it means it matters everything because look at Fantastical. And I think if we can use Fantastical as an example, the execution matters completely. So if you make an app that's beautiful, works well, is frictionless, and actually has functionality that no one else has and you keep it focused and real, you're going to have success if there's a market for that app. That's the but, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you make something small that you know only five people have a need for it, well, then you better sell it for $1,000 a copy because you're only going to make $5,000. A friend of mine writes uh, a great niche app. Uh, it's a go-kart tuner. Awesome. So if you have a go-kart and you know you have to do tune-ups or whatever, I don't know anything about it really. But it, it keeps track of the things you have to keep track of. That's cool. And I think he charges like 70 or 80 bucks. As he should. Yeah. It's a niche and app. It is. And, and he's making a pretty nice living off it. Okay, I'll give you an example. You know, you know these Jeppesen uh, flight manuals and Jeppesen charts for planes? Do you know about this? Uh, rings a bell. Don't know it well. Yeah. So Jeppesen is one of the, they're, they're basically, they make charts, maps. They're like one of the aviation marine, they're a huge company that does all of the charting and stuff. Okay. And their apps are really expensive because this is like flight information that you need to fly a plane with, right? Mm, mm-hmm. well, why would they make their app cheap? Yeah. Right. So, and I'm a firm believer that your app should be insanely expensive if your market is an insanely expensive or low demand market. Why wouldn't you do that? It's all about your potential for making revenue. Look at the Twitter clients, okay? You know, Twitter started doing the API limits and the token limits and stuff. And Tweetbot and other apps, hopefully, I know Tweetbot, those guys are really smart, so they did it. But you, you gotta like charge a premium price for your app because you have a finite life of your app, right? The tokens are gonna run out and therefore they can only sell X amount of copies. I I really wonder if they're going to start raising the price dramatically as they approach the, their limits. I sure hope. I mean, they do. Will, will Tweetbot cost fifty bucks, hundred dollars? Why not? Why not? Yeah, if you want it the app. It, it, it's it's supply and demand, mm-hmm. is it not? It absolutely is. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. But anyway, I, I 
I know Saul, you know Saul, and I hope that he is inspired by but what but we both have to say is you should absolutely go for it if the experience and the app is a beautiful thing. And it, it may be that his that his app is not for a niche uh, audience. It may be for everyone. Uh, Why didn't he but, tell us what the app was? Is he afraid someone's going to steal the idea? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a good question. Because I would have stole the idea if he would have told. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it was a good idea. Yep. Yeah, we would have done it too. Uh, no, of course not. Not Sim- from Sim- Saul. Saul's Sim- our friend. But, Simmons Inc. But in yeah, yeah, the Simmons juggernaut. But <laughs> I think also in larger terms, if you. If you find yourself passionate about some particular idea, uh, I think in general, just go for it anyway. Yeah. You know, obviously do the best product you can. Yeah. And I've I've said that as well. So passion rules. And I think mm -hmm. there's nothing better than passion. If you have an idea and you believe in it, you have to do it, right? If you don't do it, you've basically lost. You've basically thrown your passion out the door, which is the worst thing of all. But Mm -hmm. you still have to do due diligence, right? You have passion to do something. You have to move forward, but you do have to look around because let's say you do want to do a calendar app and there really is the most amazing calendar app that has every feature of yours, then you are a fool for doing it. I mean, you can still do it to exercise it, but if Fantastical already existed with a beautiful calendar app with something like a day ticker and parsing and all the stuff we have, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have done the app. There'd be no point to do it. It's already right. out there. We just Absolutely. buy it, right? Mm-hmm. For a dollar, five dollars or ten dollars, whatever the app costs, you know, for the iPhone app, we, we would have bought it and boom, we're done. Right. And then, then worked on your other idea, which is a Twitter client. Exactly. Yeah. Or a <laughs> you know, to-do list. No, manager. a mail client. Get it straight. A mail, mail client. Mail client. Oh, of course. Mail yeah. client. You got to do Flexamail, mail right? Flexamail. You know, the interesting part about the whole, like, doing the app thing, this is no joke, okay? Like, truly, 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 every app that we do with Flexabits are apps that we want. So if they would have existed, we wouldn't do them. Like, we basically view it as, let's build something for ourselves, And then we think, because we build it for ourselves that other people are going to want it, right? Mm-hmm. right? So, like... There's another app we're working on, and this is this is the only uh, I guess yeah this is the only place we've ever teased this. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's not an app that anyone knows about. Mm-hmm. We're making this app because we want it. It was literally something that we were like, we've got to have this, and I want the app badly, and we could have wrote it just internally and made a tool, and we actually have kind of a tool version of it, but it's just it's not great. We want it like to be a full app because we're going to use it all the time. Why wouldn't we sell it, right? I mean, we have a business and we can sell it, and then. We can share it with other people and then they can pay us for our development time and support and help us keep making the app, right? Right. So the point is, is if you have the recipe of making something you want for yourself, then it probably doesn't exist out there. And then therefore, it's probably really good. Mm-hmm. That's sort of, I, I think, the short version of how you should gauge if you should do an app. The answer to Saul's question in a nutshell is if the app doesn't exist, then make it. Sounds good. Because if it existed, wouldn't you just buy it? Or if, or if it exists, but it just is sucky. Yeah, but if it exists and it's sucky, then it doesn't exist what you want. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's important. I think it's really important to make apps that you want because if you want them, they're probably not out there already. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of apps out there that, believe me, I think are amazing apps. Why would you reinvent the wheel? The wheel's a great invention. There's no reason to reinvent it. Yeah, but you might want to paint it red. Yeah, but that's not reinventing it, is it? Putting lipstick on a well on a, a wheel, yeah. Put, putting lipstick on a wheel. You heard it here. From, <laughs> that should be the title of this episode, but we won't. Nah. We'll stick with going indie because that's way better. But right. putting putting lipstick on a wheel. I like that. All right. What else? Um, any other questions? Did we miss any any questions from last time? Let's see. Um, uh, pretty much all the feedbacks about my audio. Yeah, we know. The craziest part about your audio. I was talking with Brent about this before the episode is. I have good, good, you know, good equipment, good headphones. Also, everything. Brent is a little bit lower when I do it. You know, when I say a little bit, it's like I look at the levels and I try to level everything. And he's really good when it's done. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to try to bump him more than me this week, and then hopefully that'll just work and balance things out. Make me loud. So you'll be by next week. People will probably be complaining that they can't hear me. Although if they really don't want to hear me, then they won't complain. Well, that's true. Yeah. All right. Now what? Let's get on to my news. Let's do it. Do we do like a, should I do like a fake drum roll? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I, I've got big personal news, uh, this week, my last day, you're hearing this on Friday, probably. And we're recording this on Tuesday. My last day at my current job is the last day of January, uh, 
Thursday, January 31st. Uh, I've been at NewsGator and Sepia Labs, which is uh, uh, owned by NewsGator. Uh, I've been there for seven years, and I started working there when NetNewsWire was acquired back in 2005. And now, after all this time, it's time to move on. So I've returned to indie life. I am rebooting Ranchero Software, which is uh, the company I, I have owned since uh, 1995. And it's the company where NetNewsWire and MarsEdit were created in the early 2000s. And I hope to, I plan to, in fact, I will go on to create new cool things. And I'm just absolutely massively excited. Just the, the chance now to return to my natural habitat to be released back into the wild is, um, has got me super stoked. He's stoked, folks. I am. Stoked. I'm going to do things. It's going to be fun. Brilliant Simmons things. Yes, so yeah, I've I've never been more happy in my career than as an indie developer. And so my plan is to do that and probably never have another job ever again. Uh, I think as every day goes by, I'm less and less actually employable anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Because of the things you say or the things you do or both? Um, just for temperament reasons. Uh... It's, it's hard to have a job, especially when... <laughs> my it, my instincts don't go that way. Yeah, you, you know, know why I'm laughing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll keep that one on my uh, on between us. <laughs> hard to get employed. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, but that but hard to get employed means you don't want to be employed, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what you know what it's like. You like to you like to run stuff. You like to have your vision. Um, be what finally gets made, right? Absolutely, and it's even more than running stuff. It's when you see the wrong things happening, and I guess that's always the matter of opinion, right? Because mm -hmm. my wrong is their right, and their right is my whatever, right? But my point is, is there, there's sometimes you just see things being wrong, and when you're hired in a position that you're supposed to be the expert on the subject, right? Mm -hmm. And you're saying it's wrong, and they're not listening, then what's the point of you being in that position? I, I look back now in hindsight, now that I have flexibits with the clarity to say, when you're in a position that you were supposed to be, let's say, the boss, king of your realm, expert of your domain, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you're not listened to, then what's the point of having the position? Right. So you're sure. basically just collecting free money. Now, some people like that. That's cool. But I don't. I want to be making money for the things that I produce. Absolutely. And I know you're exactly the same way. And that's sort of the point is you, you don't want to have a job. You don't want to work. You want to make great stuff and then be compensated. Exactly. That's right. So you can make more great stuff. Yeah, that's that's the point of the compensation. It's exactly. More great stuff and also making sure I can afford cat food for the cat. Absolutely. And uh, thread and needles for uh, the missus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Knit one pearl, too. You know, she's a quilter, not a knitter. So. Well, doesn't she knit, though? Yeah, I don't think so. So is that like an offensive thing? Is that like the hair thing I, in the bathroom? I, I think it actually is. Damn. Yeah. Damn, like, I've I'm, done it I'm again. A quilter, not a I've knitter. offended yeah. people unintentionally again. The yeah. story of my life. On the other hand, she might sew from time. Yes, yeah, she has to sew because quilting is No, sewing. she knits. She has to knit. Please, No, please. She, doesn't, she doesn't knit at Come all. Come to the bottom. You've never seen her knit. I think I've seen her crochet a few times. Oh, here we go. Great. So you've hit everything except for knitting. <laughs> I think she does everything <laughs> sewing, but knitting. Sewing, quilting, crocheting, but no knitting. Now, you know, I couldn't tell you the difference between these things. I don't, you know, I don't know. But then again, she doesn't know the difference. She couldn't look at cocoa versus carbon and tell me how they're different. I think the so. difference is quilting, like you make patches and then they all come together. Right. So, think, but, yeah. but the actual, the actual... Things so quilting them. is two things. It's making a quilt, but it's also the the sewing that you do that is that uh, binds the front and the back together. Okay. Right? So you, you don't just like uh, have a front and a back and some batting in between and it's all loose, right? They're, yeah, yeah. It's actually bound um, usually with some kind of pattern uh, with thread. And yeah. so that's actually the quilting part of the quilt. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, well, we should have her on one day and we can uh, learn about quilting, crocheting, and sewing, but not knitting. No, not knitting. By the way, she uses Acorn to design her quilts sometimes. Oh. Plug That's for Acorn. Cool. We love Acorn. Mm -hmm. I use Acorn. Acorn's awesome. Yeah. Hi, Gus. Gus. He better be listening. Yeah, he's not listening. I'm not going to use Acorn anymore then. Okay, forget it. We're done with Acorn. Yeah, forget it. Screw Acorn. 
Let's make let's let's through what was the company name? Simmons, what was it? What was it? Our Simmons Inc. Yeah, Simmons Inc. We should do our own graphic editor just to compete with people that don't listen to our podcast. There you go. And maybe our own desktop wiki. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? And then we can put our own Wikipedia entry and even though you're not supposed to do your own. How does sure. that work exactly? Because I've had people say to me, which I find it weird that they ask me to do this. Like, will you make a Wikipedia entry? Because I can't, which is basically the same as them making it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, right? Uh, what is that, though? Like, why can't you make your own Wikipedia entry? Because then it would be biased? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't realize you couldn't. Yeah, apparently you can't. Because I've, uh-huh. I've had, like, two people in the last year ask me, like, hey, would you be willing to make a Wikipedia entry for me? Because the rules state that I can't, but... Yeah, no one's ever asked me to do that. And then I reply. I think it's perverse. Exactly. Then I reply, but you're, I'm doing. If I'm doing it for you, then you're doing it. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Strange yeah. peoples. Yeah, I don't know. Being in Wikipedia isn't like uh, it doesn't mean you've finally made it in life or something. The funniest part about these people asking me to do it is if I really wanted my own Wikipedia page, like I would just break the rule and do it. Yeah. Because if you're going to ask someone to do it for you, then technically you want it, right? So here's the deal. What you should do is make really awesome software, and somebody like will make a better. Wikipedia page for you someday. Whatever. I like even better. Yeah, don't, I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. I, 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 the goal has always been, for me, just do really good stuff, and everything will follow. Because if you mm-hmm. focus on the stuff that you want to follow, whether it be awards or pomp, circumstance, Wikipedia pages, you name it, then... That's all you're focusing on. Mm -hmm. And sure, you may get it. There's people I know of who, you know, scream loud enough, bark loud enough, act loud enough, and they get kind of notoriety. Sure. But they don't really have the notoriety. They have the phoneriety. Phoneriety. Oh, that's a good one, dude. (laughs) That's a good one. You got to get that in the show notes. Phoneriety. All right. That's good, right? Yeah, it is. I even know how to spell it. I'm going to even take credit at it. That one's good. That's a yep. good one. Phoneriety. Phoneriety. You know how to spell it? F A U X. You got it. O R I E T Y. Yes, exactly. Phoneriety. Phoneriety. And there are a ton of people who have phoneriety, and it's kind of. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever. But anyway, the point but, you know, is, is mo- just make most, really good stuff. Just make really good stuff. That's it. Yeah. Just make good stuff. You know, most people I know are developers who work hard with respect, good faith, diligence, et cetera, and uh, they get everything that they deserve. Um, well, they don't get, get as much as they deserve, actually. No, they don't. And you get the people yeah. also that are the, you know, uh, complainers. So uh, we talked about this with Net Newswire. Oh, why hasn't it been updated? Or what's this? Or Brent hasn't done anything since that. Whatever. You get the, the bitchers, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is they're trying to use their criticism. This is like a critic, right? Mm-hmm. To act like they know something. Like yeah, sure. they know more than you by putting you down. Mm-hmm. And that's also really poor because it's like, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Then I think focus on making really good stuff and you'll make really good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And people will notice and people will love you and hopefully pay you lots of money so you can make more really good stuff. Yeah, because that's people like stuff. Yeah, I yeah. like stuff. If there's stuff, if there's good stuff, they'll do whatever it takes to make it keep coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like back to Acorn. We talked about Acorn. Acorn is really, really a good app. It's, 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 it works. It, there's no friction and things work the way it works. And if I have a feature, that's actually how I became friends with Gus is I was the user of the app and I kind of gave him some feedback and he was like, hey, this is really good. And then I'd find crashes. He's like, hey, and then we would just start chatting and now we're mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. And he's a great guy because before he even knew me, I'd suggest features and boom, they'd be put in. Mm-hmm. And that's to me the ultimate thing that I want to be as a developer that I aspire to every day is that, look, we get a lot of crappy emails where people are insane and they just bring up stupid things, right? Mm-hmm. But you can you can kind of tell, right? Like, because the person, when you ask them for more info, they don't really have an explanation. Right. If they had an explanation, then, my, uh, hey, you can convince me a crazy idea is good. Convince me, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. But someone like Gus, you give him the idea and the, the, the things in there, you realize that he truly cares about the app. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I aspire to. I aspire to making apps that my users love as well. Because, again, I'm developing these apps for myself. But I can't think of every feature. And if my users are like me and they think of a feature that I didn't think of, then it helps me have a better app that I want to use. Absolutely, yeah. And round and round you go. Yeah. Well, you know, NetNewsWire was built by users in a very important sense. Yeah, actually, there are a ton a, of a features that I, I never, yeah, I never really thought about a whole lot of the things that are in there. If, if I'd been building it purely for me, yeah. it would have lacked some of its most important features for sure. 
Well, you talk about that all the time when you talk about mm-hmm. Newswire. How yeah. I mean, you made it for yourself in the sense that you wanted an app to aggregate these things, right? But then the features came out of, hey, what about this? What about that? Hey, that's cool. I'll mm-hmm. do. Oh, why not? I'll yeah. try it, right? Totally. And you have to be open minded. You know, I always talk about at conferences or here on the podcast of how a lot of users just give really stupid feedback, and they do, right? It's just that's mm-hmm. the story of life. Not everything's perfect, but in that feedback, you have to listen to everything. Uh, if I became jaded and tuned out all feedback just because there was bad feedback, then I'd get no feedback. Yeah, that, and that would be a nightmare. Exactly. So, so of course, how you process the feedback is important. You don't just put in every feature request. You Correct. figure out what the problem they're really trying to solve is. Yeah, you need to and, filter. And Yeah, and, and you go from there. You don't necessarily build exactly what they're asking for, but you build something cool that solves that same problem. Absolutely. There was a feature recently. Um, it'll probably be in a future update, but there was a feature that a customer had suggested and it just immediately clicked with me. I was like, Hey, how did I, how come I didn't think of that? Or how come Kent didn't think of that? Whatever. And wrote back to the user. I'm like, Hey, it's a great idea. We'll probably implement it in a feed in the future. Thanks. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was that, it was that perfect. It was just like, Oh my gosh, simple feature. Can't believe we didn't think about it. Of course we're putting it in. And that was it. Yeah. And those are great when you get those. Cause those are kind of just no brainers. Like, you're just like, whoa, how did we forget that? Mm-hmm, but yeah. then you get the ones where, like I told you, they're just insane ideas, or at least they strike me initially as an insane idea. And then when I go back to the person and just be like, yeah, you know, I don't get this. Or could you explain, you know, and they don't have an answer. It shows that they just didn't really think it through and they just kind of want what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, one feature people ask for a lot is printing. Yeah. I, I get that. I get, I get it. Look, everyone works differently. There's people who still like, you know paper whatever paper books or what i mean i like holding books versus a digital device well, that's a sure, different story. Yeah. We're, we're old school right mm-hmm. and, and that'll go away with time because kids growing up today don't have paper books they have ipads poor kids poor kids it, it's such a different experience holding a book isn't it it really is yeah it's like cozy uh-huh it is yeah and you feel like the whole thing is there in front of you on these pages like the words are well there, he, here's the difference if i'm if i'm in bed with my ipad I could, on a whim, check my email and be bothered by the outside world. Interruptions. Yeah, it, and it's, it's as if I'm bringing, uh, it's as almost as if I'm bringing everyone into bed with me. And I really don't <laughs> want to, right? I mean, it's no you fun. Jerk. You yeah, jerk. Yeah, I, I don't. I in bed with you. I, I want to be alone with my book. All right. You know. Fine. Yeah. Maybe one day, well, anyway. So, no, no, one day, no. I so won't. that's, it's just like the trade show booth, right? Yeah. Well, actually, no. Sometimes I bring my iPad. I have books on my iPad. No, I, like, I love also reading books on my iPad. Sometimes, like, when I'm on flights, there's, I actually would prefer the iPad over the book because then with the book, you have this big, bulky book. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it depends on the book, right? But, yeah. Th- there are times I enjoy reading on the iPad, but overall, when I'm holding a paper book, there's just something different about the experience. Yeah, it feels right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, talk about retina display. Jeez. Paper. Paper's awesome. (laughs) Well, I have an iPad mini, so I mean, go ahead and make fun of me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the iPad mini, I am telling you, I am telling everyone it is the perfect size iPad. Mm. I believe that. Uh, Yeah, I have. I I believe that, but I I really need a retina version. No, no, fair enough. Fair enough. And I'll tell you this for right now, the size is so perfect. That I overlooked the retina. I just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, just tune it out. Pretend it doesn't exist. You don't know about it. You know, untrain your mind to know that it exists, right? Sure, yeah. And truly, when you start using it, you don't think about it, right? Because mm-hmm. you're just looking at the screen. Right. If you think about it, you realize it, right? So but, I have a specific issue, though, okay, which is, is that what is it? Uh, I am incredibly nearsighted. Uh, uh-huh. The worst in my family, possibly the worst that I know. So when I take my contact lenses out at night and I go uh-huh. to read, if I'm reading on a non-retina ipad uh the pixels seem to be about one inch squares i have gotcha. to hold it you know centimeters oh, from my nuts. eyes yeah it's terrible yeah, so it's the retina nice. display is just enough better that i that i can manage that with my contacts out gotcha and yeah i would love a mini for that just for you know its size okay. and, and lightness but yeah eh. well overall the, the just the feel in your hands of the ipad mini mm-hmm. like when you're reading a book or you're in bed or whatever it just, between the weight and the size and the grip and the feel, it really is perfect. Like, mm, now yeah. that I've had it for a while, I've had it for a few weeks, I went and picked up my iPad 3. Oh, my God, dude. The thing feels like a tank. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm serious. It's like, I hold this thing, and I'm like, I really used to use this. It's huge comparatively once you get into the feel of the Mini. 
It's a desktop iPad. Absolutely. That's, that, that's yeah. the perfect way. It's like a laptop without a keyboard. Yeah, right. right? So, yeah, in fact, mine is, mine is propped up in, in the dock, and I have the wireless keyboard, and yeah. I literally use it as a desktop machine. Exactly. It's a desktop mm-hmm. iPad or a laptop without a keyboard. That's, that's mm-hmm. literally what it is. Yeah. And, but once you use the iPad mini for a period of time, so you, know, you get trained to feel and hold and the weight and all that, you go back to the other iPad, and it literally feels like it, it's just funny. Like It literally has one of those things where when you compare... You're just like, what? How is that? That thing's huge. That thing's so, yeah. I mean, it's bulky. It's like, you know, how much is that? How much is an iPad weigh? Like three pounds or two pounds or something? Yeah, I don't know. One pound? I don't even know how much it weighs. 15 pounds. Well, it feels like it. Yeah. After you've held a mini for a while. Yeah, sure. But, um, all right, well, we're coming up on about an hour. So not even an hour, but it doesn't matter. We're, we're done, I think. We're mostly done, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, so more, more on your, is... yeah, let's go back to your thing. Let's so, talk anyway, about me. Yeah, let's talk about you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I don't have a lot more to say other than that. You know, I can't talk about my new projects yet, but I'm massively, massively excited. I'm massively and, excited with you. And one of the things I'm really looking forward to over the next 10 or 15 years or whatever uh, is to get the chance to work with a whole bunch of different developers and designers and folks in the industry. It would be it would be a lot of fun because um, there, there are a lot of people out there who do fantastic work so i I would enjoy work working with a range of people okay yeah i i figure you know we've talked many times before about you know the business to us is making software but secondarily the business is about the people that we know yeah for sure yeah so there yeah there are a ton of people i'd love to work with you and i being old school it's interesting um we're we're of the school of working with people right that this is Mm -hmm. more than a job it's more than a paycheck it's it's a society, right? Yes. It's where we work together. We know what each other is kind of thinking. We know the ins and outs. We know the for betters or for worses of Apple and working with Apple, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost a club, right? It's like oh, a yeah. developer club. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is <clears throat> there are some people that I've talked with that we were going to do work with that you kind of talk about the, hey, you know, we're working together. And there's some people who just, you know, they, wanted, they want the money. They don't care about the whole culture, Right. They're missing kinda, out. Yeah, they're missing out. And it's really disappointing when that happens because you kind of, you, you feel like, wow, so, you know, you're not really working out of passion. Mm-hmm. You're, you have passion in your work, perhaps, but you also have dollar signs in your eyes. Yeah. And look, I want to be successful. I want my company to make a lot of money, but I don't go out and say, hey, this is something that can make me a lot of money. I go out and make really good things and then hopefully the money follows. And it's very clear that Apple has the same approach, right? Mm-hmm. Apple yeah. doesn't chase revenue. Apple chases really good products. Yep. Look at how many years they were failing, right? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly in 2001 with the iPod, people wanted cool products. The timing was right where gizmos, gadgets, and whatever were, were the commodity. And Apple was in the right place at the right time, right? Chance favors the prepared. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it really kind of disappoints me, like with what you said, when I see certain people who I try to say, oh, you know... We're not a huge company, so we can't pay huge amounts. You know, this is this is like something we do. Like indie developers means you're a small company. You're a few people. You don't have huge budgets. And even if you're making good money, that doesn't mean you want to give it all away because you have to stay in business. Mm-hmm. And you get yep. these people who literally, they don't care. They're just like, well, this is, I want what I want. And they, they, they don't want to like, I mean, obviously they're not part of the culture we're part of, but it's almost sad because I like the fact that we all work together and that I can ping you with a problem Mm-hmm. Of, a, of a development issue that I have and that you won't be like, well, I'm not giving you free time. Screw you. <laughs> right. Of course. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't get the concept of charging for every little thing you do in life. And that, that bothers me. It does yeah. When I yeah. see people do that. Yeah. It bothers me too. And I love the idea of, of doing projects with different people. There's a, there's, if you really want to work with, with somebody or some other people, there's a way to work it out. Definitely. You, know, and you can do something, right? Yeah, no, and that's been our model. I mean, we're working mm-hmm. with a few contractor programmers and we're working with a designer. I mean, our designer is pretty much, we view him as a full-time member of the team. He's a contractor per se because he owns his own business. Mm-hmm. We've made it very clear to him, hey, you're our designer. We only want to work with you. Right. Um, that's Wolfgang Bartleman, of course. Oh, and, cool. And uh, yeah, and what, what's really interesting about that is, is that if, if let's say he was busy and we had to work with another designer, he would understand, right? Or something came up with him. It would be unfortunate because we really love working with him, but it allows us to work with multiple people. Mm-hmm. And I think once you hire people in specific roles, like you have a graphic designer and you have it, it does kind of bog you down. 
because then you don't have the opportunity necessarily to be flexible. I kind of like mm -hmm. the ability as an indie developer to just work with multiple people, what you were saying, and you know, have the ability to try and do different things. Flexibility is awesome. Flexibits. Yeah. Flexibits is awesome. Well, Flexibitability is awesome. Flexibility. <laughs> Flexibitability. Yep. I still like uh, faux. Uh, Phonoriety. 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 I couldn't even remember it, but I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Phonoriety. Get that in the release notes. I need to, okay. I need to have invented something, and I th mm -hmm. think I did today. All right. Um, but anyway, I have got to say, as uh, the first person to know this news publicly and the first person to be able to announce it, I'm very excited for you. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very excited with you, mm -hmm. and it is my honor to welcome you back to Indie Life. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate it. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm certain everyone else is going to be really excited that you're coming back to the fold. Yeah, I hope so. Well, I hope that, uh, you know, it's one thing to announce coming back. It's an another thing entirely to ship apps. So that's what I'm focused on. And what I hope is that we do great work and people love what we do. Well, you know, you've got a podcast now to talk about these things. That is true. And if you need input, I'm here for you, as thank is you. the rest of the community. Yes, thank you. Thank and, you, uh, community. No, it is. It's awesome to have you back, dude. Cool. It's great to be back. Yeah. Kind of feels cool. Like, I, I, I know when you were initially telling me about it briefly before, you know, you were going to announce it here, um, I, I, it's a cool feeling. It's almost like... While you were working at companies, I remember thinking like, "Oh, he's got to come back to indie someday. He's got, mm -hmm. you know, he's got to bring back what he's done in the past." Because yeah. when you work for a company, you just can't do what you want to do. You just can't. You have constraints. Yeah. You have constraints. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking of constraints, so let's say you come back to indie, mm -hmm. and uh, then a company wants to acquire you. Mm. The whole thing about getting acquired, because of course you got acquired, right? And Newswire got acquired. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We can we can save the the meat of this for maybe the next episode. Mm -hmm. But in, in short. Getting acquired, there's a certain level where everyone sells out, right? Mm -hmm. So if I say, you know, you start your new business, Brent Simmons Inc. Part 2, Ranchero Part 2, and someone offers you like $3 million to get acquired, you probably would turn it down if you were had the potential to do $3 million on your own, right? Well, then someone comes and says $10 million. Like, mm -hmm. there's certain numbers where you're just, it's a no-brainer, right, 500000 versus $10 million or whatever. There's, there's scales. The thing is, sure. is... How, how wrong is that, that there's numbers that people will say, oh, forget it, I'll sell out no matter what? Well, let, let, let me look at it in another way. Uh, yeah. Getting acquired can mean a lot of different things. Definitely. So what happened to me is they, they didn't buy my company, but they bought the software of my company and they hired me. Uh, and, and that was the deal. So they were going to get the software and they were going to get me. And, and the software would return, continue on. Yeah, in return, I'd get you know a, a chunk of money. Okay. And... Um, for it seemed like the best thing to do for the software and the users of the software. Oh yeah, uh, because what NewsGator offered was a, an RSS syncing service, and this was in the days before Google Reader, before iCloud, before uh, Symperium, before Dropbox. Oh, I was, remember it was a big deal. Yeah, so you know, in order to do right by my users, it seemed like I needed to take that deal. And, you know, the deal worked out well for me. I, I was quite happy with it. Yeah, sure. So uh, in that case, I said yes. However, in the future, I would, it would have to be a, an extraordinary deal for me to say yes to getting hired. I could imagine selling software because, you know, I'll just go and do the next thing, right? You're right. Um, but selling software and getting hired by the acquiring company, I don't know that I would take that. It would have to be. It's doable, I think, but it would really take an awful lot on the part of that company to hire me away from indie life. Yeah, I, well, that's the whole thing with acquisitions: is if you can continue to do what you love to do and on a daily basis still do the kind of work that you want to do, mm -hmm. then you're not really being acquired. You're sort of being, you know, maybe folded into another organization. Whatever Indeed. you want to call it. Sure. Right. But, you know, let's say it's something where they're like, well, we want to acquire you and your, your company to do this and it's a ton of money. Like you could say, okay, well, you don't want to do that, but, you know, there is a value where you'll do it, right? Like, Sure. And that's sort of the, the question I was posing is when someone says, okay, well, you know, I, come work for the devil for $5 million. You're like, no, uh -huh. right? 
then all right, what about 10? You're like, no. Or maybe you're like, yes, I don't know. Everyone has a different break point, right? Sure, right. But let's say I say 100 million. Of course you're saying yes, right? Like, it's just interesting because there's been a few conversations that have happened recently at some conferences where people are like, well, what number would you sell out at? And it's just interesting that everyone's number is so different. Hmm. You know, there's I guess, one person who was like, yeah. hell, I'll sell out for one million. I was like, man. Oh, wow. no, don't. <laughs> I was like, what are you kidding me? Like, yeah. just, just, oh, God. A million. Yeah, yeah. In today's day and age, a million. It's sad that a million's not even that much, right? If you're going to be a prostitute, at least be a high class prostitute. Yeah, and I'm not, look, I'm not saying I make a million dollars, but a million dollars is not that much money. It's something you can no. make in years, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, in the course of your life, you can probably make a million dollars if you try really hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, if, like if you stick million, with it, you're you just gonna. That's right. You'll just, yeah. you, if you make really good apps, you're going to make a million dollars at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, 10 million, I don't know. I'll probably never make that. So, yeah, you want to buy me out for 10 million or 20 million? I, mean, I don't even, you know, you got to figure yeah, out the numbers. Yeah, but right. It's just interesting that people have different breakpoints. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of helps be specific. You know, if the question is, would you sell your software to another company versus would you consent to go work for that other company? Those are two very different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. All right, so what else? So basically, your first day of freedom is today, since this will be airing on... Uh, Friday, no, it's Freedom Day. Or as February, February 1st, Freedom Day. Think about that, FFF. FFF. February, February 1st, 1st, Freedom, freedom Day. Triple F Day. Triple F D. Triple F D. Gus Mueller declared February 1st National Indie Developers Day. Did he really? He did on Twitter like yesterday, I think. Yeah. Was that had anything to do with your announcement? Yeah, of course. He, yeah, did, yeah. Oh, he knows about it. Yeah, yeah. I told Gus. You know, uh, Gus and I live, you know, near each other, et cetera. We've known each other for a million years. Know, of course, yeah, of course. Right. But I figured it was going to be something completely, you know, cool and witty. Ah, forget it. Forget yeah, it, Gus. Yeah. You even listening, Gus? Gus isn't listening. We've kidding? mentioned him like at least twenty times. He has. He has software to make. I don't care. And, and a and a and a beautiful young daughter. Well, what does that have to do with listening to our podcast? <laughs> uh, she does. She, yeah, she doesn't want to listen to us. That's probably true. Yeah, I don't think. And so. he has pizzas to make. Yeah, yeah, that's Gotta important get work. Pizzas someday. He told me he'll he'll have me over for pizza. I'm going to do it. Oh yeah, I, I've been. It's good. Man, yeah. he is he is the real deal. Like I just I I love the passion he puts into that thing. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. Yep. And uh, yeah see what else all right well that's it so brent simmons is officially back to indie life yay we are out of time uh i don't even know why he said that (laughs) that's right as if there's some terrible deadline about to happen well no it's like on the radio like we're out of time thanks Uh, folks we'll see you on next week's show yes because it is actually tuesday 11 36 a.m 11 37 now Actually, I, I normally would not have even been recording this early, but we needed to do this to get the news out for Brent. So Yeah, uh, I wouldn't even be awake this I would have still in bed, exactly. Yeah, totally. What kind Jeez. of crap is this? All right, well, uh, I guess I'll let you sign off since this will be your first sign-off as an indie developer. But uh, from me, thanks for continuing to listen, and uh, we really in- appreciate your support. Don't forget the glass board. Hey, guys, this is Brent Simmons of Rancho Software, and Michael is at Flexibit, and we're done for today. Doors a minuet, the ballet russe, and crepe Suzette. Our patty loves to rock and roll, a hot dog makes her lose control. What a wild duet, still their cousins, identical cousins, and you find. They laugh alike, they walk alike, at times they even talk alike, you can lose your mind.